Welcome everybody to another edition of Sounds Like Radio, where we play the great Gildersleeve and some of the greatest music of all time. Well, today's sort of an interesting show on the great Gildersleeve. You see, there's been a complication with Gildersleeve and his love life. Yeah, did you, have you noticed, I did, that Gildersleeve hasn't seen Catherine Milford much recently? I mean, it's been several weeks, maybe a month, that he hasn't seen Catherine. And, well, uh, Gildersleeve, he notices it finally, too. He said, you know, it's about time I go see uh, Catherine. You know, she is supposed to be his girlfriend. So he goes over to Catherine's house. He tries to hint around that uh, why don't he and her go out for a date? Yeah, well, he finally says it. Catherine says, well, wait a minute, Mr. Gildersleeve, although I think she does call him Throck. Rockmorton. Anyway, she tells him she's already got plans. She's going out with Gildersleeve's rival. Yes, his rival for Miss Catherine Milford's affections. The, the rival being evil Mr. Bullard. <laughs> Gildersleeve's friendly neighbor. Mr. Bullard. He, well, now, while Gildersleeve hasn't been seeing little Catherine there, Bullard has been making time with Catherine. And so Gildy's rather outraged. And he goes over there. He finds out from Catherine that Bullard's going to take Catherine out on a boat ride. He wants to take her on a slow boat to China. Oh, oh that sounds kind of romantic, even if it is a rather long and extended trip. Here's Bing and Peggy Lee. love to get you on a slow boat to China all to myself alone get you and keep you in my arms evermore leave all your lovers weeping on a faraway shore see yeah on a slow boat to china i wouldn't mind hey yeah i tell the captain take us to china and then when we get there turn right around and come back because i got peggy lee in my cabin 
<laughs> oh, I wouldn't want to leave my cabin. Uh, there you have Peggy Lee and Bing Crosby on a slow boat to China. Well, that's that's uh, probably Bullard's plan. I don't know if he wants to go all the way to China, but it is Bullard's plan to take Catherine Milford out on a boat for the weekend. And, well, now, Gildersleeve heard that, and he's just got to do something. But what? What can he do? Well, he did find out one thing. Catherine has a secret love. Yes, that secret love is that dastardly Mr. Bullard. And uh, I don't know who's more dastardly here, Catherine or Mr. Bullard. It seems like uh, uh, Catherine ain't all that uh, loyal, shall we say. <laughs> I mean, as soon as Gildersleeve stopped paying attention to her every week, she's out. Who? Oh, well, that's Gildersleeve's problem. Uh, I'm glad it ain't mine. Here is Doris Day to sing about Catherine's secret love. Oh, it's nice. You know, this is a stereo version of Secret Love. I thought you might like to hear it. Once I had a secret love That lived within the heart of secret love became impatience to be free so I told a friendly star the way that dreamers often do just a Secret love's 
Secret Love. How'd you like that stereo sound, huh? Yeah. Man, that was good. That was a stereo version of Doris Day's Secret Love song, a special stereo version they recorded, and I thought you'd like to hear it. It sounded good in stereo, especially when that part came up with the bum, 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 bum. Yeah, that's when I appreciated it. Well, now let's see here. Oh, yeah. Catherine Milford is going out with Bullard on a boat trip. Well, that means to Gildersleeve, someone's rocking my dream boat. <laughs> I try to work these titles in, you know. Yeah, yeah, to work this one in, we have the Ink Spots from a 1955 album they did. It's called The Ink Spots, a new high fidelity recording. Yes, and, uh, and the sound is excellent. These are not the original songs that the Ink Sparks recorded in the 1940s. These were re-recordings they did in and Particularly, this album comes from 1955 when they re-recorded their hits in a very nice, beautiful, high-fidelity sound. Does that mean it's stereo? Well, they're kind of mysterious about that. I think it's just plain old high-fidelity mono. But anyway, this is a nice song. Someone's rocking my dreamboat. Take it away, Ink Spots. It's all yours. Someone's rocking my dreamboat. Someone's invading my dreams. We were sailing alone, so peaceful and calm. Suddenly something went wrong Someone's rocking my dreamboat Disturbing a beautiful dream It's a mystery to me It's a mutiny at sea Who can it be? Who can it be? A friendly breeze gave us a start From a paradise all our own All at once a spark Blew us apart And left me drifting alone Someone's rocking my dreamboat I'm captain without any crew But with love as my guide I'll follow the tide I'll keep sailing till I find you. Oh, someone's rocking my dream boat, disturbing a beautiful dream. Sailing along, so peaceful and gone. Suddenly something went wrong. Someone's rocking my dream Disturbing a beautiful dream It's mutiny to me Mystery at sea Who can it be? Who can it be? 
open breeze gave us a start in a paradise all our own. All at once a spark blew us apart, left me standing alone. Someone's rocking my dreamboat, I'm captain without any crew. But with love as my guide, I'll follow the tide. I'll keep sailing till I find you. Oh, my. They just have to do it, don't they? Hit those high notes. Someone's rocking my dream boat from an album, actually a 10-inch LP that came out in 1955. You know, back in them days, they were new at putting out albums, so they didn't put out the normal 12-inch albums yet. When they first started putting them out, they were 10-inch LPs, and that was a 10-inch LP from 1955. The album was called... This is a tricky title. The Ink Spots, a new high-fidelity recording. And then they later combined it with another little album, and they called it basically the same thing, except they added, they sing their greatest hits. Anyway, that was the high-fidelity version of Someone's Rockin' My Dreamboat as they recorded it in the 1950s. Speaking of the 1950s, let's go now to May 16th, 1951, as we listen to The Great Gildersleeve, and we're going to find out just how Gildersleeve is going to deal with Catherine Milford straying off the path. Yeah, she found her way over to Bullard, and uh, it didn't take much convincing. Well, let's listen to this Great Gildersleeve episode here on Sounds Like Radio. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company. In just a moment, the latest adventure of the Great Gildersleeve. But first, a word about another kind of adventure, an adventure in flavor. For right now, at your grocer's, there's a wonderful new salad oil for use in your homemade dressings, your cooking, your baking. It's Kraft Salad Oil, the first salad oil ever offered for your home use by the makers of all those wonderful Kraft-prepared dressings. Now, Kraft Salad Oil is more than just a new oil. It's a new kind of oil. Lighter-bodied oil to mix quickly and perfectly with all other ingredients. That's because it's not just refined, it's superfined by a special process created by Kraft. Yes, superfined to put new magic into the salad dressings you make yourself. Into those wonderful chiffon cakes you pride yourself on. Into every home recipe that calls for liquid shortening. Don't wait to get acquainted with Kraft salad oil. Look for the bottle with the beautiful label tomorrow at your grocer's. Get Kraft Salad Oil.
On these fine spring mornings, when the great Gildersleeve has nothing much to do, he likes to go out and putter around the yard. He contemplates the flowers, admires the butterflies, inspects the blooms on his apple tree, and marvels at the green, green grass. By George, the place looks great. And about once a year, he takes a look behind the garage. You, my goodness. Place looks terrible. How does trash accumulate? Leroy! Leroy! Yeah, keep raking, Leroy. Seems that everything we don't want gets tossed behind the garage. Tar paper, cardboard boxes, old shoes, shingles. What's under there, Leroy? Is that my hot water bottle? Yeah, but it's split. You sat on it. Yeah, yes. The night of the big freeze. Let's see. Where are the matches? Can I light it for you, Unc? Well, why not? You're a boy scout. Tenderfoot. Uh-oh. What's the matter, Leroy? Go ahead and light it. I just had a horrible thought. Oh? The wind's blowing toward Mr. Bullard's house. You think we ought to burn the tar paper and hot water bottle? Mm, put out the match, Leroy. Yeah, we better not burn it. I remember the day you burned the old tire and Mr. Bullard came roaring over. Yeah, he did at that. You sure were shaking, Unc. Yeah, I was not. I just came out without my sweater. Ah! Leroy... <laughs> you when he came over, Unc. Yeah, I don't remember. I do. He called you a big water buffalo. <laughs> well, I didn't want to start trouble. And when you didn't resent that, he called you a nincompoop. Bullard can't call me that. Leroy, burn the pile. Oh, boy, this is going to be keen. Bullard may not be home anyway. I'm going to light this excelsior so things will start popping fast. Yeah. Say... Yeah. That tar paper's going to make a lot of smoke. I'll say. The wind's taking all of it right to Mr. Bullard. We'll smoke him out like a bear. Leroy, we're not trying to antagonize him. I am. Shh. There's Bullard on his porch. He even looks like a bear. Is that him? I can't see for the smoke. He's coming across the street. Here we go again. If he calls you a water buffalo, I'll pour it on. Well, he'd better watch it. I've had about enough of him. Ah, dog, this is going to be the biggest battle we ever had. This is the most smoke. Well, I'm standing on my ground. What a hard neighbor to get along with. Good morning, Gildersleeve. Bullard, don't you good morning me. What's the matter, Gildersleeve? Are you upset about something? Well, no. But aren't you? Of course not. For corn's sake, all that tar paper for nothing. <laughs> you mean you don't object to all this smoke drifting over your way? Gildersleeve, you do me an injustice. You speak of me as if I were a crotchety, mean neighbor. Well, aren't you? Yeah, I mean... Oh, uh, I'll admit there was a time when you irritated me, but not anymore. I'm in love with all the world. Well, I'm glad to hear it, Mr. Bullard. Glad you're not offended. Yeah, I just thought perhaps this smoking tar paper might annoy you. Oh, no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, Gildersleeve, I came over to tell you I think you're setting a fine example for the neighborhood. Yeah, I am? I like to see the community neat-looking and well-kept. Gildersleeve? Yes, Mr. Bullard? You're a prince of a fellow. Good day. Good day, Mr. Bullard. Did you hear that, Leroy? 
He called me a principal fellow. He sounds more honest when he calls you a nincompoop. Mm. <laughs> Hardly see out the living room window. Look at that smoke pouring across the street. Bullard over there eating it and saying he likes it. He's so nice to me, I don't trust him. He must be after something. I'll get it! Yeah, I'll get it, Bertie. Morning, Gilda. Well, Judge, I didn't expect you. Well, I didn't expect to drop in, but I saw the smoke and thought perhaps the water commissioner was running a railroad. <laughs> Yes, yes Where do I catch the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe? Yo, my goodness The old goat's off his trolley I feel particularly chipper this morning, Gilda Well, I'm glad somebody does Why, what's the matter? I'm having trouble with Bullard again Oh? What's he doing to you this time? He's being nice to me Rumson is being nice to you? That sounds unusually tolerant for him. Yeah, that's not all. He called me a prince of a fellow. What do you suppose he's up to? Well, he's probably grown weary of bickering, and now he wants to live in harmony with his neighbor. Yeah, I doubt that. The mailed fist has cast aside the sword. Yofer. Now you must clasp his hand in friendship and together raise the olive branch on high. Yeah, don't be silly, Judge. Bullard wouldn't hand me an olive branch. Poison oak, yes. Gilda, you underestimate yourself. You and Rumson have every reason to be friends. You're both important men here in Summerfield. We are? Well, yes, we are. Yes, he's an influential man, and you're the water commissioner. Judge, you have a fine analytical mind. Thank you. And Gilda, you mustn't overlook the human side. The human side? Rumson lives alone, as do I. His heart must cry out for fellowship and a cheery word. I know mine does. Judge, you just got me feeling good. Don't make me cry. of Bullard, just because he admitted he likes me. The judge is right. Why shouldn't he like me? Everybody else does. Men, dogs, babies, women. Say, I wonder what Catherine's doing these days. There's her car in front of the house. Yeah, George, I think I'll stop in. I've been so busy since the twins came, I've hardly seen her. Yeah, I may even take her out tonight. Sure, she'll appreciate it. Nurses get lonely, too. Katie, beautiful Katie, you're the only... Well, hello. Hello, Catherine. Remember me? Of course. How are you, George? George. <laughs> Just joking, Trockmorton. But I haven't seen you for so long. Uh, come in. Yeah, thank you. Say, you have a nice tan. Or so early in the season? I've been in the sun a lot. You know, I can tell that. Your tan looks great with that white uniform. <laughs> I hope you've had a pleasant spring. Yeah, Catherine. 
I realize I've neglected you. But I've been busy with the family and all. Oh, I haven't been neglected. You haven't? Hmm. The woman's pride. She's just dying to have me ask her for a date. Eh, uh, Catherine, guess why the water commissioner dropped in? To read the meter? <laughs> no, Catherine. I want to take you out tonight. Sorry, but I have a date tonight. You? It's possible, you know. Yes, I didn't mean that. You're a very beautiful girl, and I haven't been around lately, so... <sighs> it is possible. How are the twins, Throckmorton? Yeah, they're fine. Good, Catherine, about tonight. And Marjorie? Marjorie? Wonderful. But... Bronco must be awfully proud. Yeah, he is. Catherine, speaking of tonight... How's Bertie? Catherine, stop it. Stop what? You don't really have a date, do you? Well, I'd ask you to come along for proof, but I don't think he'd like it. You... Yeah. Catherine, yeah, I know I can't ask with whom you're going, but what are you going to do? We're going on a boating party late this afternoon. Boating party? Mm-hmm. At Grass Lake. There's a full moon tonight. Should be fun. Oh, yes. Full moon. Well, I won't ask with whom you're going. <clears throat> it's pretty hard to get information out of a nurse. Taking Catherine on a boat. Yeah, it's probably some young intern with a rowboat. Has to be back at the hospital by 8 o'clock. Yeah, I hope. Well, it's no concern of mine. Somebody takes my girl out for a boat ride in the moonlight. I'm not going to worry about it. Uncle, why do you look so worried? Me? You know, just wondering what I should do this afternoon, Marjorie. Well, you haven't seen Miss Milford for a long time. Why don't you call her? Yeah, I... I, I, Not today, my dear. <laughs> Uncle, you're still not worried about Mr. Bullard, are you? Mr. Bullard? Well, about why he was so nice to you this morning. You know that. Well, as the judge explained, he's a lonely man. And... Say, I'm not doing anything either. Think I'll run over and invite him to go bowling with me. Why not? Yeah, I'll do it. See you later, Marjorie. Yeah, this is a nice thing to do. Bullard will appreciate my asking him. Well, there he is, just getting into his car. Bullard! Oh, neighbor! Oh, hello, Gildersleeve. Mr. Bullard, how about going bowling with me this evening? Bowling? Yes. After our little talk this morning, I realized I should spend more time with you. You're lonely, no. I am? So how about a little game? Well, thank you, but I have an engagement. You do? Late this afternoon, I'm going boating. Boating? Oh, yes. You do have a boat. I just noticed you have a nice tan, too. Well, thank you. Been spending quite a little time on the boat recently, have you? It's been a lovely spring. Oop. <laughs> yeah, I know it's coincidental. But I just talked to a party who's going on a boat this afternoon. Of course, I won't ask with whom you're going. Well, it's no secret, Gildersleeve. No, it isn't? Well, Good. I'm going with Miss Milford. Oh. So that's why you've been so nice to me. Well, why shouldn't I be nice to you? You've been nice to me. You have? You haven't once interfered with my seeing Catherine. You thoughtfully withdrew from the competition. I did not. I've just been busy with the little family. Well, 
I've been busy, too. (laughs) (laughs) Mullard. You've taken this beautifully, Gildersleeve. You're a noble loser. I say, noble. Even when he's nice, he's a hard man to like. Gildersleeve will be back in just a moment. It's lighter body. It's super fine. It's Kraft Salad Oil, the first salad oil ever offered for home use by the makers of all those wonderful Kraft prepared salad dressings. Remember, it's lighter body. It's super fine. Get Kraft Salad Oil tomorrow at your grocer's. Look for the bottles with the beautiful labels. Well, let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. When his neighbor, Rumson Bullard, started being pleasant to him, our crafty water commissioner suspected that something was amiss. He was right. The miss turned out to be his girlfriend, Miss Catherine Milford. Bullard, grinning at me while he steals my girl. Turncoat. Yeah, I knew he was up to something. Well, I think I'll stop in Peavy's and cool off with a Coke. Peavy's a good fellow to talk to. He always makes you feel better. Of course, I won't let him know I'm worried. I'll just let him snap me out of it without knowing what he's doing. Hello, Peavy. Oh, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> what can I do for you today? Well, I just dropped in for a Coke and a chat, Petey. Yeah, well, which do you want first? The Coke is five cents and the chat is free. <laughs> you have the Coke first, Petey. Yeah, well. What would you like to chat about, Mr. Gillespie? You know, nothing in particular. Petey, a friend of mine is a little concerned about losing his girlfriend. You don't say it. Seems an unscrupulous neighbor has been dating my friend's girl behind his back. They've been taking boat rides in the moonlight. In fact, they're going boating late this afternoon. What's wrong with that? You wouldn't advise this friend of mine to worry about it, would you? Mr. Gildersleeve, do you want an honest answer, or do you want me to tell you no? Phoebe, I don't want you to tell me anything. I'm just asking for a friend of mine. No. Yeah, all right, Phoebe. I know what you're thinking. You think I'm the person involved. Do you believe for one minute that Catherine Milford would throw me over for a boat ride on Grass Lake? Well, here she comes. You might ask her. Oh, Peavy, drop the subject. Hello, Mr. Peavy. Well, hello, Miss Milford. Well, and Throckmorton. Hello, Catherine. What can I do for you, Miss Milford? I'd like some suntan lotion. I'm going boating on Grass Lake. Well, isn't that a coincidence? Mr. Gildersleeve was just telling me about a girlfriend of a friend of his who's going boating on Grass Lake. <laughs> I think he's on to me. Any particular brand of suntan lotion, Miss Milford? Well... Uh, Catherine, have you decided to go boating in the daylight instead of the moonlight? We're doing both. Late afternoon and evening. Yeah. This one is a great favorite with the ladies. Very soothing, they tell me. Uh, is it a large party, Catherine? 
They're just a small group. Say two. I think there'll be several couples, Ralph Morton. Good. Uh, what about this lotion, Mr. Peavy? Well, a lot of people use it at the beaches. I've seen people patting it on themselves and even patting it on each other. Oop. <laughs> wouldn't dare. I'll take a bottle, Mr. Peavy. Here you are. Thank you. Goodbye, Throckmorton. You'll call me sometime, won't you? You bet. You can depend on that, Catherine. A lot of people going boating, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yes, yes. You can have a lot of fun on those boating parties. Yeah, I guess so. I'm here to tell you. I remember the time a couple of us were fishing alongside a cabin cruiser. Oh? They were having a boat party, too. Long toward dusk, they invited us aboard. They did? Yeah, quite a time. I'd like to do it again. Phoebe, you're not suggesting that you and I go fishing this evening. Well, I can't myself, but Floyd likes to wet a line. They say fishing's pretty good if you get in fairly close to Mr. Bullard's boat. I wouldn't dream of doing such a thing. In your case, it was different. You didn't even know the people. But if I went out there, it would be planned and premeditated. You know, I couldn't force myself to be that brazen. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, I couldn't. How about it, Floyd? We just sit there fishing, and then pretty soon... You just want to keep an eye on your girl. You don't need me. Yes, I do. You might look a little pushy if I rode out there alone. Yeah, I mean, be a pal, Floyd. Close up your barbershop, and we can be out there before sundown. I should close up and lose money? Yes, Floyd, look at it this way. It might be time well spent. It might be a good investment. Yeah? How often does Mr. Bullard come in for barber work? Well, not too often. Well, Floyd, if you rub elbows with Bullard socially, he might come in all the time. Hey, that wouldn't be bad, Commish. Yeah, and there'll be others on the boat, friends of his, big spenders. You might get them all coming to your shop. Well, you got an angle there. You bet I have. Actually, it's very nice of me to invite you to the party. Okay, Commish, I'll gamble. <laughs> yeah, boy, Floyd. You'll never regret it. I'll pick you up in half an hour. Good thing I called Floyd and reminded him to dress up. Hi, George. The old white flannels look pretty good. Some people may think this is going a little far to get on a boat. I'm not really horning in on Bullard. He horned in on me first. He went behind my back. And I'll slip up behind his boat. (laughs) Hey, you sure are dressed up, Unc. Where are you going? Fishing. Fishing? Yep. In those clothes? What do you expect to catch, mermaids? Here's your blue flannel coat, Mr. Gillsleeve, and I sewed on the two white buttons that was missing. Yeah, thank you, Bertie. My, my, don't you look nice. I don't know where you're going, Mr. Gillsleeve, but I bet you have a good time. Yeah. You won't believe this, but he says he's going fishing. Fishing? Yeah, that's right, Bertie. What do you think, Bertie? <laughs> well, when a man puts on his blue flannel coat and his two-tone shoes and his ice cream pants, Bertie don't think he's going fishing. Yes, I am, Bertie. But, Mr. Gillsleeve, when a man goes fishing, he carries a line. Well, I've got that, too. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) 
mother. This is the life, Floyd. I feel like an Indian paddling this canoe. Hey, Commissioner, ain't we being a little obvious? I'm the only double-breasted blue surge Indian this lake has ever seen. <laughs> well, I'll admit it's a bold move on my part, Floyd. But once they see us from the boat, Bullard will have to invite us aboard. Yeah, or look cheap to his guests. Yeah, of course, once I get aboard, Bullard will realize I've outwitted him. But what can he do about Nothing. it? Nothing. It's a cinch you'll have to be nice to you in front of your own girl. <laughs> yeah, not so loud, Floyd. Huh? Voices carry on water. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, the closer you get to that boat, the bigger it looks. Yep. We made it before sundown, too. They can't miss seeing us. Hey, where are them big spenders you were talking about, Commish? Yeah, I don't see any on deck. I hope I didn't close my barber shop just Shh, to wait. Floyd, Floyd. Huh? They must be in the cabin. The lights are on. Yeah. Look, there's somebody at the window, Commish. You where? Ah, oh, now he's gone. I bet it was Bullet giving you the cold shoulder. Well, wait until Catherine sees me. We'll get aboard. Yeah. They ain't giving us a tumble. Well, I'm going to attract some attention. Yeah, I don't think they've seen us. Here, Floyd, you take the paddle. Hey, Commissioner, you're not supposed to stand up in a canoe. Yeah, I'm just going to wave as we drift past the portholes. They're bound to see me now. Well, take it easy, Commissioner. You're rocking the boat. I got my best suit on. Lloyd, I know how to handle my... Look out! Oh, 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 oh. Commissioner, you big clumsy... Yes, now, Floyd. I... Don't get upset. Go. I didn't do it on purpose. Oh, pipe down and help me in the canoe. Yeah, that's right. All right, now that we're in the water, let's make the most of it. Huh? They'll have to haul us aboard. Yo-hoy there! Go to sleep. That you? Hello, Mr. Bullard. What are you doing in the water? Diving for pearl? <laughs> no. No, our canoe tipped over. Well, hang on to the canoe and I'll toss your rope. Yeah, thank you. Tell him to hurry. My suit's getting tight. <laughs> it looks like we'll have to come aboard and dry off. Don't want to butt into your party. Party? There's no party, Gildersleeve. No party? But, Mr. Bullard, I thought... We were going to have one, but Catherine got a call from the hospital. I postponed it. Postponed it. Oh, I see. Well, Floyd, shall we write the canoe in bed? Floyd. Floyd. Now, Floyd, put down that paddle. The Great Gildersleeve will be right back. Remember, tomorrow at your grocer's, you can get a wonderful new salad oil for your homemade salad dressings, your cooking, your baking. It's Kraft Salad Oil, the first salad oil for home use ever offered by the makers of all those wonderful Kraft dressings. Kraft Salad Oil is a lighter-bodied oil, super-fined to blend perfectly with other ingredients. 
Get a pint or quart bottle tomorrow at your grocer's. Ask for Kraft Salad Oil. Everybody's had breakfast, Doc. When are you going to get up? Don't bother me, Leroy. I better never get up. What's the matter, Unky? You fell on a lake. Oh, poor Uncle Moore. How'd you get that lump on your head? Lloyd batted him with a canoe paddle. <laughs> it all happened because he was worried about his girlfriend. Well, this is the end. Your old uncle has made a fool of himself for the last time. I'm never going to look at another woman as long as I live. Ah, boy, Unc. Yeah, I've learned my lesson. I'm putting a woman out of my life forever. Oh, Unky, I came up to tell you Miss Milford phoned. Catherine? She's on her way over to see you. She is? Where are my clothes? Give me a clean shirt. What a sweet girl. What a quick change. What a character. <laughs> The Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White, with music by Robin Armbruster. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Arthur Q. Bryan, Gail Gordon, Kathy Lewis, Earl Ross, and Dick Legrand. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. Here's a thrifty secret for making economy meals come to life. Next time you serve cold meat, sandwiches, or leftovers, don't forget the mustard. For when you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. Every bite tastes better. And the mustard to add is Kraft's prepared mustard. There are two kinds, you know. Kraft salad mustard, mild and delicately spiced, and Kraft mustard with snappy horseradish added. Have both on hand for different tastes, different uses. And remember, when you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. Get Kraft's prepared mustard. Laugh with your humble host. He's next on NBC. There you have it, friends, from May 16th. 1951, the great Gildersleeve here on Sounds Like Radio as Catherine Milford has strayed from the path, found her way to water with Bullard. Yeah, they're going out on that boat together, but Gildersleeve, you know, he's just got to come up with a plan. <laughs> oh, kind of a sneaky plan, but that's the way Gildersleeve deals with it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, if I had that situation, I don't know whether I'd say goodbye to Catherine. You know, if she does that to me, it's bye-bye time. But Gildersleeve, I guess, he's a little more tolerant. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's the way Gildersleeve had to deal with it. He had to sort of sneak out there and try to get his way over there to the boat, figuring out some way to have them pick him up out in the middle of the sea. Yeah, well, now Catherine and Bullard, they were on that boat, and they were sailing out. 
and what they needed was a wayward wind. That way they could not only go wayward from Gildersleeve, they could go wayward with the wind. Here is the great Gogi Grant and the wayward wind. hit from Gogi Grant, The Wayward Wind. Yeah, you know, I have a recording of Patsy Cline singing that song, and it also sounds quite excellent. In fact, it sounds very much like the Gogi Grant version. So I don't know who was copying who, but they both did an excellent version. But I thought I'd play you the original hit version with Gogi Grant. And that was a stereo edition of The Wayward Wind. Well, now, when you go out there on the sea, uh, Bullard probably tried to convince Catherine without much convincing. She was willing to jump. (laughs) She jumped on the Bullard's boat. As Bullard said, let's set out the red sails and head into the sunset. Red sails in the sunset. Ah, 
But now, Nat King Cole sings it a little better than I do. Here he is now to sing. Red sails in the sunset Way out on the sea Oh, carry my loved one Home safely to me She sailed at the dawning All day I've been blue Red sails in the sunset I'm trusting in you Swift wings you must borrow Make straight for the shore We marry tomorrow And she goes sailing no more Red sails in the sunset quite sings it like Nat King Cole, huh? Ah, that's what I always say <laughs> when I'm not saying other things. Yeah, really, really nice version there. Red Sails in the Sunset from Nat King Cole. You're listening to Sounds Like Radio. We are all about the great Gildersleeve and all about great music. Well, now, Gildersleeve had to face the fact that Catherine went out with Bullard. She went out to sail with Bullard on a ship without a sail. Huh? Yeah. Oh, oh, Gildersleeve really would have been mad about that. A ship without a sail. Here is Ella Fitzgerald. She knows about a ship without a sail. 
I wonder if she got a bargain on that ship. That's why it didn't include the sale. I don't know what day it is or if it's dark or fair. It's right now. That's just the way it is. And I don't really care. I go to this or that place. I seem alive and well. My head is just a hat place. My breath. A ship without a sail. Yes, indeed. That was 
None other than Ella Fitzgerald, huh? She has a unique voice. Who else could that have been, huh? Yeah, I like that. A very nice song from Ella Fitzgerald. And now, friends, it's bonus song time. I always like to play a song that, well, may not have anything to do with the theme of our show for today, but it happens to be a song that I like a lot. Mr. Cliff Edwards, Ukulele Ike. He was the voice of Jiminy Cricket, and he sang this beautiful version of the Judy Garland classic, Over the Rainbow. Here is Cliff Edwards, Jiminy Cricket himself, to sing Over the Rainbow. Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, there's a land that I heard of once in a lullaby. Somewhere over the rainbow, skies are blue, and the dreams that we sometimes dream never do come true. Someday I'll wish upon a star And wake up where the clouds are far Behind me Where troubles melt like lemon drops Way up above the chimney tops That's where you'll find me Somewhere over the rainbow Bluebirds fly Birds Fly over the rainbow Why, tell me, why can't I? Yes, there's a land that I heard of Once in a lullaby Never do come true Someday I'll wish upon a star Wake up where the clouds are far behind me Where troubles melt like lemon drops Away above the chimney tops That's where you'll find me Cliff Edwards, the magical, mystical, melancholy sound of Cliff Edwards. He had a a sadness about him in his voice, and uh, truth be known, he had quite a sad life. Um, Got in trouble with drugs, and well, it shortened his life, and uh, it's too bad because we lost a great talent when Cliff Edwards died a little too, too much before his time. Well, it just goes to show you, don't do drugs, my friends, unless you only, you only want to stick around for a little while. Otherwise, maybe you better stay away from them things. They are nasty. 
Hey, they have Cliff Edwards here on Sounds Like Radio. I hope I didn't bring you down with that little uh, <laughs> truth-telling about poor Cliff Edwards. I shouldn't have mentioned it. Yeah, oh well, sometimes the, the cold realities of the day will, will come upon you. And there you have a cold reality from the sad case of Cliff Edwards. Well, the friends, that'll do it for today's Sounds Like Radio. I'd like to play a cheery song right now just to cheer us up, but, uh, well, I can't do it. It is time to say so long. The old clock on the wall says bye-bye. So when the clock says bye-bye, we got to say bye-bye. Until next time, I am your humble host for Sounds Like Radio. Thank you for listening, and so long for now. <laughs>